live from the studios here in Omaha, Nebraska. Welcome to another edition of The Other Kind Radio, Talk Radio. Today is February 2nd, 2020, and this is episode 78, a show delayed by two days just due to schedule and uh, everything else that goes with life and where you're at. That's okay. We're back. We're here. We're ready to go. We think. (laughs) The Other Kind Radio is a weekly podcast in which Todd and Jeff ping pong around all things pop culture and deliver it to you, the kind listener. My name is Jeff. I'm one of your hosts. Todd's will be on shortly. Todd's will be on shortly. Maybe he split himself. Todd will be on shortly. Returning kind listeners, welcome back to the program. We appreciate your patronage. I've been reading uh, and listening on some podcast strategies to try and figure out uh, what we can do to uh, grow the show. And uh, I wanted to take a moment and thank everybody that listens and has made us what we are so far. First time listeners are congratulating on finding us among the plethora of podcasts that are out there. We're always glad that you're here. Sit back, relax, enjoy. We encourage all of our listeners to like, subscribe, The Other Kind Radio, uh, however you listen to it, whether it's Stitcher or uh, Apple podcast or, uh, Spotify, uh, just by liking us, you are help feeding the algorithm that keeps the podcast universe spinning and our show in its gravitational pull. So thank you for that. This week on the other kind of radio catch up, Kobe, Todd's take on parasite, Jeff's judgment on Oscar nom- nominated short films. And center stage, I mean, we can't uh, deny it. We can no longer ignore it. It is that day, that day that so many rejoice because it's the end of the football season. Others do not because it's the last day of the football season. But we're going to talk a little bit about that bowl that we can't call super. But before we get into all that, let's get on with introducing my podcast partner. He is a family generator, movie maker, guitar and drum player book author, dive bar boombox founder, and all around a renaissance man live from a studio in the great state of Texas and delivering the pop culture significance of the number 78. Please welcome Todd. Man, that is two times in a row. I think that you've nailed my intro. Thank you, Jeff. That was beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. Hi, everyone. Let's start with the number 78, shall we? I'm ready. So 78. Number one, that's the 78th episode of the other kind of radio in case you don't understand why we do that. But the number 78, I'm looking through this and it has a lot of interesting things for our math nerds. I'm going to start off and say, let's see, which one of these do I want to go? It's a semi-perfect number. It's a multiple of a perfect number. Huh? Now it gets into, it has some pop culture significance. 78 RPM records, no longer really, the norm, but that would mean 78 revolutions per minute. Kind of ixnade because the idea being that the slower that it goes, the deeper the groove, the better the sound. They got rid of that. It's also the total, total number of gifts in the 12 days of Christmas whenever you realize that 78 is a 12th triangular number. Huh. Never knew. No, I got a, I got a quick question. I love my wife. What, 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 which one is the one you had to put that thing in on the records? To make it spin. That would be 45. So the 45, that that's... So what was the final thing they went with? Like, if you go buy an album right now, it's going to have the regular hole in it, and that's going to be what? 33 and a third. Ah. So they had 78 RPM as well? Yeah. Or actually, maybe it's the other way. I always get this confused. Maybe it's that it's the faster it spins, that there's more density, the grooves, or, or I don't know... All I know is that Abby eventually, she's into vinyl now, and she got with one album by a band called Calpurnia, which uh, no longer together, but the lead singer was Finn Wolfhard of Stranger Things fame. Ah. And nowhere on this stinking album did it say what speed the record was. And she's like, Dad, something's wrong with this thing. I put it on, it's like raw and raw. Dad, I think and this I group was doing drugs. Was like, Man, if it's going to be 45 RPM, they should say it. But it was a full LP 
that's meant to be spun at 45 RPM. Wow. And so it finally dawned on me. I went, well, damn it. But yeah. I think this group is doing drugs because their songs are like. (laughs) Okay. What else you got? And I'm going to apologize to everyone. I played two gigs this weekend. And so if my voice goes out, I felt it there. If it goes out, I'll just defer to Jeff and he can talk. But let's move on to 78. The year 1978. That was the beginning of the Garfield comic strips telling the misadventures of the lasagna loving cat. We also had, as a uh, pop culture phenomenon, men wearing turtlenecks began in 1978. <laughs> Did you ever wear the turtleneck, Jeff? Oh, I rocked the turtleneck. Did you? Well, yeah. I mean, you know, in the 90s, when I was at the height of both my intellectual <laughs> and fashion sense, I say that jokingly. Uh, yeah, there were a couple turtlenecks, especially being in Nebraska. It's pretty, uh, you yeah. know, in the winter, you could throw you could throw a um, a dress shirt over the turtleneck, not only be warm, but not have to worry about your pesky jacket and where you set it down if you happen to, you know, attend a soiree of uh, friends Ooh. drinking. Uh, Bottles and James and uh, Zima. Were you a Zima guy? No, you know, I, I don't <laughs> handle acidic things like that. I like acidic foods, but whenever it gets so acidic, like fruity kind of things, yeah. I almost vomit just on the taste of it. So somebody gave me a Zima and I'm like, oh, uh, yeah. So no, I didn't make it. They were uh, definitely on the lower end of the taste bud scale Yeah, when it came to it. Uh, Bottles I and James, never- go ahead. I would. I thought we were going to go back to the turtleneck, but if you got a problem, James, <laughs> antidote, please go. No, let's go back to the turtleneck. I was, I was just going to say I couldn't do it because I'm so warm natured, and I hate crap touching my whiskers. Yes, like that, and so I was like, oh, I can't stand it. Well, I will say my my love affair with the turtleneck did happen when I was whisker free around the chin area, so it didn't bother me as much. I just started growing facial hair like last week, so. I'm pretty excited about that. Did you just hit puberty two weeks before? I did. I love it. All right, back to 78 real quick. That was also the year that Son of Sam, David Berkowitz, was sentenced to 25 years to life in prison. Roman Polanski had to flee to France because of child molestation charges. He still cannot come back to America. Good director, very troubled dude. In 1978, a few films that hit. Grease, Saturday Night Fever, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, and perhaps my favorite romantic comedy of all time, Warren Beatty's Heaven Can Wait. That's the one where he has to go on trial for his... No. Yeah, that, no, that's not it, but that's, that's an interesting one. Uh, yeah, Heaven Can Wait is when uh, he's the baseball player? Football player. Football player. Uh, speaking of football... <laughs> One of the smartest, funniest films that is just a lovely film that I never can persuade my wife because it doesn't have a complete book ending, perfect ending to it. I keep telling her, oh my God, it is all about getting a chance to start over. Yes. And she's like, no. And um, she just hates that movie. I adore that movie. So you made me think of something really quickly. Last night I was uh, deep into the world of uh, video games and Call of Duty and I went upstairs to refresh my beverage and uh, was surprised to catch the 12-year-old and my better half watching Dr. Zhivago. Mm, David Lean. And I, I almost fell over. I was really shocked. I've never seen it. And did it make the top 100? I don't know. I don't think it did, but I, I, I think in our me teaching you film knowledge, yeah. I may have referenced, there is one point that is, I would... I would venture guess that every film program in the world takes one sequence of that movie, which is when the, uh, I forget who it is. It's revolting. Um, but there's a marching band and we see the marching band and we see, then we see the opposite camera direction of the people that are about to clash and they're going to run into each other. And you know, something bad has happened when it cuts to Omar Sharif and he looks and the bass drum that was being carried before simply starts rolling. No one's carrying it. Oh, that's right. Oh, you know, I did think maybe I saw it. That sounds familiar. Or maybe maybe I just saw the clip. David Lean is is Spielberg's favorite filmmaker, and he's just one of those that it's a when you watch him, it is a masterclass in how to tell things visually. Phenomenal director. Back to 1978, real quick. Happy Days, Little House on the Prairie, Saturday Night Live, The Muppet Show, Love Boat, Three's Company. Here's the most significant thing that I came across though about 1978 for me, because it ties into where we're going to go today. Born in the year 1978, 
Kobe Bryant. Oh, yes. In fact, that's a, a great tie-in because um, it has been a little bit. Uh, it's been a minute since you and I have uh, done the podcast, and I was absolutely shocked um, last Sunday uh, to receive a, a text uh, just saying that he had died. And, you know, a, a wag of the finger. I know that there's been some action, and I think NBC, uh, an employee was laid off, but boy... It was just rampant with just rando, un um, certified or un un double checked facts that came out that day that his whole family was on there. It was half his family and all this other stuff. So uh, that was a little frustrating trying to get a uh, uh, straight facts out of the story. Um, to be honest, if I could step in here real quick, <clears throat> uh, I, I'm not a big ba- basketball fan. Um, I know the big names though. Um, so I, I didn't have any kind of, uh, personal allegiance or, 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 or following of, of, of Kobe. Uh, I think for me, the, the, the real sorrowful part was just to know that, uh, so many, not only his, but a couple other families, uh, were affected by what happened. Um, never like to hear about, uh, kids losing, losing a parent, especially somebody who's in his prime, uh, just 41 years of age. Uh, so my condolences to the Kobe uh, uh, Bryant family and and all the other families affected by the crash. It's uh, it's always sad to hear when somebody leaves uh, a little too soon. You know, there's there's been a lot of complaining in the media now about the way it was handled. And and like you, I I saw it on my phone. I was coming back from having to be downtown Dallas early sun, Sunday morning, and I was trying, you know. When when you do those kind of things, you're trying to get back to your family, and all of a sudden, yeah, I get this ding, and I only set the dings for really big news, and I saw Kobe Bryant dead, and I thought, well, that's, that's wrong, yeah, and it really it hit me like that, and I wanted more information too. As soon as I was home, I parked my car and I look, and I, I'm the one that told my wife she had not heard it yet, but like what you said, I began to see weird reports. And, you know, it bothers me when the rush to be first is more important than the rush to be right. Right. And I immediately start thinking, how dare them? How, how, what a piece of crap they are. But then I began to also realize that part of the onus of this problem belongs on us, the consumer, because we demand to know right now. Yep. I want all the information. So we as a society need to start looking at that. Your, my need to be satiated with information does not supersede life and family itself. I can only imagine now all these organizations have come back and said, we did not go with anything until we knew that Kobe's family had been notified. Right. Really? That's okay. That's great. But also it should be, we made sure that they were notified and we made sure we were right. I heard that, um, and again, this is off the off the web, so who knows? But I heard that she found out from a TMZ uh, posting or news flash that came across, which again is unfortunate. And I, I've even heard tale uh, unconfirmed uh, that they had trouble keep, with people getting into where the crash site was, and yeah. just to get pictures and this and that and the other thing. It's just, but but you make a very good point there, Todd. If there wasn't an appetite for it. There wouldn't be a need to make it or have it available. So I do believe the onus is uh, uh, is on us as well. Well, you know, I'm saddened by it. Like you, I'm not a basketball fan. Um, I, it, as far as what you said about the person that was let go, it, I believe they've been reinstated oh. because everybody came back and said, okay, what you did was technically not wrong. It may have not been the most astute way to go, Hey, this is how I'm going to communicate something. That's a conversation that needed to be had maybe a day later. Yeah. I, I I'm to the point now where I think I'm going to shut off all but a couple of new source informations. And since I work for a big media group, I may go with us cause I know what our standards are. Right. And the funny thing is I did not get an, a, an alert from my company until about 15, 10, probably 10 minutes later. Good. And it was factual. It was right. And I think that's what I'm going to start going with. I just, I cannot, I all but shut off, shut off social media for this reason. I don't want to hear opinions in these situations. And I'm hoping that maybe all of us eventually will just start saying stop. Yeah, let's get it right. All right, Kobe Bryant, 
uh, leaves us at 41, uh, way too soon. Uh, rest in peace. And, and again, uh, condolences to all the family members that were uh, affected uh, by this uh, tragic crash. Uh, hard to uh, transition out of that, but let's go ahead and give it a shot. I'll even uh, give us a little, little rewind here. Okay, so Todd, today is the big day for the game that is going or labeled as Super. And I don't know. I know you, you've you got your, your family. I've got uh, mine. But let's just pretend for a moment. Let's just put on our imaginary imagining caps and put ourselves in a small town, medium-sized town of Omaha, Nebraska. And let's just pretend at this moment, it's just you and me. We're just hanging out, maybe uh, talking pop culture. And we realized at the last minute that today is the game that is labeled a super. What do we do? Where do we go? We need some place to go. I mean, we're, we're young. Oh yeah. We're also still in our twenties. We're young. We're in our twenties. We need a place to go or we could be in our thirties. Well, I've got an answer for that. That's pub one, three, four. Now you haven't been there yet. You haven't had the opportunity to make it to pub one, three, four, but let me tell you something. I know Todd. I've known Todd for a long time and this is Todd's type of bar. They got cold beer, good cold beer. I can drink the the bad cold beer. Todd will drink the good cold beer. They've got a lot of screen TVs, big screen TVs up. There's going to be food. Nick, the owner, has got giveaways for anybody. And I know we've got the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers. But whichever team you're rooting for, that's the place to be. Pub 134, not only going to have giveaways and everything, um, for both sides of the team, but uh, a nice, cozy, friendly uh, attitude, attitude. <laughs> trying to type and talk, uh, atmosphere. Uh, I'm telling you, Todd, if, if you want to right now, in fact, do this, do this for me. Do this favor for me, Todd. Right now, look, open up your browser. You at home, if you're not driving, open up your browser. Type in pub134.com. You give Todd a second to do that. I'm there, Jeff. What do you? That's got a big screenshot on there of the uh, their yeah. homepage. Doesn't that look cozy? Got a little fireplace over there on the side. Dude, I love that. You know, I've told you a thousand times before. It, it's why my band's called the Dive Bar Boombox. I'm not saying this is a dive bar, but I love <laughs> that homey atmosphere. That yes. idea that you don't have to have a pretensual situation where you walk in, you have to act like something. This looks like people that just come to be a part of it. That's right. I love it. I also like how many people are looking at their screens. In fact, for those oh, yeah. that go out to pub134.com, the gentleman sitting with the purple jacket and the lack of uh, whiskers on his head, that's Nick, the owner right there. Pub 134, 90th and Maple. Give him a call. Stop by if you don't have any plans today. Join him for the bowl. That is super and uh, thanks again for their support, Pub134. All right, so it's been a little bit since uh, Todd and I have talked, so uh, I don't know. I say we uh, do a little catch-up. Three tomatoes are walking down the street. Papa tomato, mama tomato, and baby tomato. Baby tomato starts lagging behind, and Papa tomato gets really angry, goes back and squishes him, says, ketchup. Hmm. <laughs> Ketchup. You know what film that's from? I'm trying to remember, and I don't. I cannot pull <gasps> it from my brain. Oh my god! That's uh, Pulp Fiction. <sighs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Look, like I said, you two nights of from eight until midnight, not yeah. home till two. It's, yeah, my brain is not ready to pull Pulp Fiction. I, I live, I live for these moments where I catch you off guard because it very rarely happens. So let's play a little catch up before we get into Todd Sakon and Jeff Sedgman on. Uh, so you were telling me during the pre-production meeting that uh, you've got some good new news, and and you don't have to be as uh, candid as you were. And I don't do enough uh, of a good job in promoting some of the activities that you've got outside of here. But it sounds like Dive Bar Boomboxes, as you said, you've got two two gigs this past uh, two days. Where were you guys playing in the Dallas area? Let's see. We played um, Friday night at a place called Guitars and Growlers in McKinney, which is a northern suburb. Had a fantastic turnout. 
uh, we, we actually, I experimented a bit with Facebook advertising. I was just kind of curious, you know, you, when you do these kind of things and you have fan sites, it always comes up, Hey, will you spend money? And then of course they're going to ask me to spend money, but it kept saying, we'll give you $5 off. We'll yeah. match every dollar. It finally got to the point where we'll give you $15 off if you, or we'll give you the equivalent of $15 if you spend $15. And then it became, we'll take 20% <laughs> off your $15. I was like, fine. Well, I'll be damned if it didn't have a great effect because we didn't go on till eight o'clock. And at seven o'clock, we had people already coming in claiming tables. We're here to see the, this band. I'm like, wow, who are you? And it, it was an odd situation because this place is in a little strip area. And right next door to it, I have to be real careful how I say this. It's a massage therapist. You can't say massage parlor. It's a very different kind of atmosphere. But this massage therapist asked that the bands not get loud until 9.30. So we literally, here we are, a, a clinkly, clinky bar band. We had to be quiet for an hour and a half. But when we were able to kick it up, man, we killed it. Nice. So much so that owner was like, hey, we want you here. We want you in our Richardson location. We had people saying, oh, my God, you're the best band around here. And I've already gotten some some feelers out because the McKinney has a big music scene, made a big splash. Well, then we also had somebody come in for Saturday night. Hey, heard from some regular patrons that you're the best show they've seen in Dallas. We have an emergency situation. Someone had to cancel Saturday. Could you fill in? So we went. Oh, wow. In. And, you know, I, I'm not going to get into specifics because look, yeah, it, yeah. It's, I don't feel it's appropriate for me to say who this is that I spoke to, but yeah, they're yeah, part yeah. of, of a tribute act. And if you don't know what a tribute act is, it's when a band literally positions themselves to only play the music of one artist. And this person is in a pretty prominent tribute act and they were incredibly not just complimentary, but helpful and already opening some doors of some major places saying that we're one of the better cover bands that they'd heard. Um, if I've never said it before, the dive bar, what we try to do is take songs you may know, like uh, Melt With You. And instead of just playing it the, the radio way you've heard, we take bluegrass instrumentation. So you got a fiddle, you got a banjo, you may have a mandolin and just put a different little feel to it so that right. you're hearing it fresh. And that was exactly what this person says. Like, Man, you're playing songs no one no one else is playing. You're playing them in a way that's interesting and makes these songs exciting again. And it's almost kind of fun because sometimes I don't know which song you're playing. And then when you're doing it, I'm so into it. Well, again, they opened some doors. They also asked us to do some other things that maybe, you know, materialize into things going down the line. It's just one of those fun things that right now this this band continues to astound me. I've been a part of bands all my life and never had it to where it is both that people hear us and they are just blown away but also the fact that just the concept of it blows the people away and opens doors so it's crazy you know i'm not going to be a sustaining and making my mortgage by playing in this band but it's certainly not going to help as a little extra money starts to roll in on this and, and you know it's a, it's a passion and it's a work of love too i mean that's the cool thing just like the podcast that we've been doing for so long i'm always happy to hear some of the other areas that you're very talented in uh working out and and um for those people that listen in the dallas metroplex which i know we have a few um what is it just uh, facebook go to dive bar boombox or do you have dive bar boombox.com well uh, i'll even make it easier for people because i get you can put in dive bar boombox.com but you can just put in listen to the name itself d b b b x D three B's and X. So it's an abbreviation of it. DBBBX.com. You can go to Facebook and at the input DBBBX, you can find it. Uh, here's the fun thing. We're actually in the middle of recording our first EP. Cool. When I have some better mixes, perhaps I'll toss one of our originals oh, yeah. on here and let us listen to it. And don't go to DBBBX triple X. Cause that is a no. completely different website. That is the dive bar sleaze box. Whoa. Hey, uh, that could be the uh, the tribute band to the tribute band. Um, Love it. So we had Todd, who had a successful week of uh, playing and, and music and, and performing around Dallas. Uh, we'll, well, I'll go ahead and tell you a little bit about my week. Uh, Todd hasn't noticed it yet, but uh, as he looks into the camera, you may notice that there is a little red yes. mark on my forehead. So this is the kind of week I had. Um didn't play any bars. Didn't have anybody come up and tell me that uh, I am uh, talented. I instead uh, fell asleep watching um, The Witcher and uh, uh, accidentally knocked my iPad 
off the bed, uh, only to awake a couple hours later, uh, understand what had happened, and uh, reach down while still laying down in bed to pick up the iPad off the floor, but had forgotten the fact that I had left my nightstand table drawer open, to which it quickly met with my forehead and hurt. And I'll be okay. I mean, the doctors, everything's good. But um, that's kind of my life right now. Uh, embarrassing because I uh, almost knocked myself unconscious uh, by hitting my own head against my own nightstand table drawer, therefore leaving a red mark on my forehead. So red mark, I have to ask because I've done, boy, we could get into <laughs> forehead cut talk sometime that's a lot of fun but did it bleed because when i've cut my forehead you know that's a huge density of blood vessels and whatnot it usually bleeds like a you know what for most humans uh who who contain the organ the brain uh that is a very uh uh heavily heavily blooded area or vesseled area mine being empty i just uh kind of made kind of a sad (laughs) whining sound like air being let out of a balloon and then i just sat there and cried by- <laughs> yeah <laughs> cried myself to sleep uh hey man that's great uh that you that you've got that going on and had a good week when it came to band my life is just uh i'm in between a bunch of stuff i'm uh reading up on some things that we're going to be doing with the podcast that i'm excited about and after getting the studio finished i'm about to start rewiring it so um <laughs> uh, what's the definition of insanity it's uh doing something again again uh, and it, or in different ways and expecting the same results. So, uh, we'll, Actually, it's, yeah, a different result, but that's okay. Yeah, that's right. Doing eating a banana and expecting it to taste like a hamburger. Yes. Got it. Um, all right. So let's get into, um, let's get into Todd's take on, I believe I have it all queued up here. Will he hit the right cue folk? We don't know. Well, that's the end of the queue, but yes, here he is with <laughs> Todd's take on Todd. What's your take on this week? Well, unfortunately, my take is on a film that a winding down projector kind of may surmise what I felt of it. And it, that is the Academy Award nominated film Parasite by Bong Joon-ho. Um, this film has gotten a ton of press uh, as it won the, 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 the con, the Palme d'Or. Uh, that is, it's a pretty coveted film festival award. Doesn't always mean that you have a great film. Uh, oftentimes, they they reward very oddly artistic films. Uh, this is a, a caption film, uh, so I want to tell everybody that be prepared. That doesn't bother me. I know some people are like I don't want to read. Well, you know, that's part of it. So it, it tells the story of a family that is unemployed and take particular interest in wealthy and glamorous. Parks family is they ingratiate themselves into their lives and get tangled in an unexpected incident. Now, I want to be very fair up front. This film is very well made, very interesting thoughts and ideas, visual motifs that are going on. I just was in not in the right place to watch this movie. There are times, and I, and I really believe this was art. I was talking to somebody last night during our, our performance of break in it. Uh, about how you will listen to a piece of music and you'll think, God, that, you know, here's an example. When first time I heard Nirvana, I thought they suck. Yeah. Well, now you fast forward, you know, 20 plus years later, I'm like, yeah, they're genius. Things sometimes don't hit you in the place where you need to be to love it. And for whatever reason, I was not expecting what this film was. Um, it, it it oddly shifted between some tones for me that I, I thought oh, that's kind of odd. But now in retrospect, as I'm a, almost a week away, I kind of think, okay, I kind of get it. So I need to see it again. It did not floor me. It will not be when we go and say, not what will win best picture, but what do you think? It wouldn't be in my pick right now. Maybe in 10 years, I go, yeah, that's probably the best film of that era. In fact, there are even a lot of really respected scholars out there saying this is possibly the best film of this decade already, that it's a very important film. And I do agree with that. It's just a little odd for me. That's all I'm saying. I have not seen it yet. Um, so I don't have a lot of, a lot of thoughts on it. However, your rundown there does make me think of something at any time a film like this comes out and again it's it's supposed to be thrilling and all this stuff i just noticed that most of the trailer and i understand there's a marketing team that has 
bigger brains than than you and I put together. But half the trailer is it just going through and telling you how you know what awards it's won, captivating, spellbinding, other ing, all the other super ings, you know, of of what it could be. And I again, you and I have had trailer talk. And I just think that, you know, it's like, just show me the preview. Don't tell me um, what what everybody else thought or what I'm supposed to walk in ex- expecting. Because I think that could be some of the things that set you up for not it not hitting the right note. Yeah, I think you're probably on to something. I, I get real tired of trailers that come on and say, the number one film in America. Yeah. Don't care. Right. Once again, the number one hamburger in America is the Big Mac, and I'm not going to eat one. It's not, I want authenticity. I don't want regurgitation. And I I don't get that. Now, I, I do fall prey when I start seeing Palm Dior, blah, 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 because I know yeah, that yeah. these are people awarding that that really like this art form that I am so obsessed with. And it does at least elevate it and make me think, okay, right. pretty good. Um. Look, there's nothing I can really point a finger at other than I wasn't in the right place to watch this movie. It's beautiful thought, beautifully conceived, beautifully oh, acted. I completely interrupted you. Sorry. No, it's okay. That's just done. the way I feel about it. All right. That's Todd Take on Parasite. I will try and see it because we are one week, exactly one week away from this annual Oscar event. I don't even know. I think it's 75th, 101st. It's one of those ones. Um. And and Todd, if we if we did have one of those little um, grids up that they had at, at, at grade school, they had the kids' names and then like days of the week, and then if you were good, you would get a star. Well, you would be very proud of me this week because I did watch almost all of. <laughs> that's almost like, are we are we done? Oh, we're almost one hundred percent. I'm sorry I didn't watch all of them, but I watched ninety five percent of the Oscar Oscar nominated short films. Nice. Um. There's some really good ones in there. Um, so that's going to be kind of Jeff's judgment. I'm going to highly recommend that people just just go on YouTube, type uh, short films, Oscars 2020, and it'll bring them up. Uh, a couple of the ones that, uh, and, 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 and in retrospect, Kobe winning in the Oscar last year for his short is another way that his brand and his personality and, and his hard work has brought some new light to this 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 particular category. Um, so I watched a couple, and I want to mention just a couple of them. Hair Love is 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 done very well. Uh, of course, I don't have the webpage pulled up right now. Uh, the interesting thing about Hair Love uh, is that it is directed by an ex NFL uh, player, Matthew A. Cherry, and it's basically a it's a it's a cartoon. Or animated, should I say, um, just short film about a dad trying to an African American dad and his his daughter, and he's just trying to learn how to fix her hair in the morning. Um, it it you know basically covers the basis of of the challenges that African Americans have with you know longer hair and how to style it and everything else. But but more than anything, it's just it's just a cute story about a father and daughter. Another one that really touched my heart is one called, and I I recommend this one to you, uh, Todd. Uh, it's called uh, Cat Bull. Um, <laughs> it is also a, an animated short. Um, it is. Uh, I'm wondering if Cat Bull is going. Do you think that would be on IMDb? Uh, you know, sometimes these shorts will end up on there. I'm gonna. I'm gonna I apologize, kind listener. Bear with me here, because. And my in my usual um, <clears throat> uh, well, you know, it might help if I got the name right. It's actually Kit Bull. Sorry about that. Uh, director uh, Rosanna Sullivan, uh, and who also wrote it. Uh, and it is just a short story about a kitten and a pit bull's friendship. Uh, it's about seven minutes and long or so. And um, I this one also really really touched my heart. Uh, so. Uh, long story short, uh, definitely take ch- take a chance or take a moment and give these a chance to uh, review as far as the Oscar nominated shorts for 2019. And again, a lot of people, um, a lot of these directors, a lot of these um, writers 
you know, are just trying to do their own thing. And I think in a lot of ways, as Todd and I have expressed in the past, harder to do a short film than a full film because you've got that much less time to pull in your viewers. One thing I did want to mention real quick, um, Hair Love, who uh, again was uh, directed by a NFL player, and I'm clicking on the link waiting for it to come up in... Um, in the browser here, Matthew A. Cherry, he was in a particular pretty low point of his life back around 2012 in a recent interview. And um, he wrote to himself, someday I'm going to be nominated for an Oscar. And he said he was writing it more so just to kind of motivate him, motivate, motivate himself and, and have him, you know, continue uh, on his dream. And, and here we are several years later. And that has come true. That's about all I've got on Jeff's judgment on Todd. Have, have you got any thoughts on the short films? You know, I think where you went with that, you know, when we talk about shorts and, and the people that usually make these are people that are maybe trying to break in, trying to do things. There are people that just stay in this art form and it is truly an art form. But I always go back to <clears throat> a short film called the lunch date, which I'm going to have to look what year did that win the Academy Award? That would have been 1989. A guy named Adam Davidson directed. I, I've got that. And when we're done, I'm going to go directly to Twitter. I'm going to post that because I've mentioned oh. this before. This is a gorgeous little film and it really will show anybody that is curious about how this can be done, done right. This is the film that you need to watch before you watch any of them. It is a beautiful little film. This dude has since gone on, I mean, to have a career of directing tons of television anywhere from episodes of dexter to hell on wheels to turn the washington spies this dude has gotten everything that's often what you'll do is you make this little calling yeah. card so man i'm glad you brought it up i'm glad you found it i'm super proud of you for going to youtube and find these i'm going to go this week and i'm going to do the same you know i'm going to do the same thing on our twitter account uh as well i need to do more of that you know because we we have i watch all of this stuff during the week and i just have got to change my my learned behavior that when I see something I like, I just need to tweet it out and just put it out there. So all those kind listeners can go to our, our Twitter feeds and just uh, have a direct link. That's, that's brilliant. Good job. That is uh, Todd. Who's our president of uh, marketing <laughs> checking <laughs> in there real quick. Now? <laughs> hey, I've got a question for you before we get into center stage. Are you watching the Witcher? So it's funny you say that. I, uh, I, you know, we talked last week, I, I finished you. Yes, that, that show. And I liked it. You know, didn't I, I still have some problems with it, but I liked yeah. it. And I thought, OK, I need something else. Come on. I want something. I need. Oh, there's the Witcher. Yeah, I'm watching it. I'm so confused. Are you? I'm on my it's I'm on my that literally makes me scratch my head as I watch it. <laughs> I'm on my third viewing through it. Start really? over. I should say, like I watched three episodes and then I'd back up. It is one where you really have to pay attention and it helps. They don't necessarily, the game does. If you want to learn more, go, just, just go to YouTube and, and, and watch the opening for Witcher three, the video game. And basically it explains that about the two universes colliding. And when they do some magic seeps into the world and humans use it to gain power and riches, which allows some monsters like werewolves and stuff like that to come across. And through um, to battle the mo the monsters, the humans kind of like find these little kids and do things to them with magic and stuff. And then they become those kids become witchers whose only job is to kill monsters for money. And I guess the process of making them magical removes their feelings. You know, they're a little, a little emotionally dead. They could do with a little uh, counseling. Um, but yeah, it's, it. <laughs> Todd's got tired head already. Um, I'm enjoying it. The only thing I like is, it, and we may have to have the Witcher on the show sometime because he just talks like this. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, my, my post two nights of concerts can get me into the Witcher voice very quickly. <laughs> hey, Witcher, you want a sandwich? No. And, and so, while the guy's really handsome and nice to look at, 
I was just well, asking Superman. It's Henry Cavill. Oh, that's right. That's Superman. Superman. Yeah. And, he, and he, he's look, you can look and you go, that's a beautiful dude. Yeah. He's great. And man, he has not lost the Superman physique. He is ripped. I just, I had to ask the better half, you know, would you date me if that was like, you know, if that was the voice I had to use <laughs> all the time, you know, just want so, you to know that the, uh, the toilet's backed up. We're going to have to get a, a plumber out here. That's funny that you do that because yesterday I had, a, it was fun eventually, but you know, when you sing for three to four hours and then, you know, you have to sing three to four hours the next night, you don't whisper, you drink tons of honey and tea and lemon, but my wife, we're going somewhere and we're just talking. Yes. So she's like, okay, you're killing me because it sounds like you're trying to be sexy and she's like and you're just being a dork and i'm like but you know i can't talk about it talk like this so i did the whole day doing that yesterday nice now i want to ask witcher have you so you've played the video games yes never played a one yes are they good um they're open world so if you don't if you don't like gta if you don't like like red dead redemption um, they're, they can get really, really deep pretty quick as far as like herbs and making potions. And, you know, you have one sword that kills humans and one sword of silver oh. that kills, um, demons. And, um, it, I like it. It's just, it's not one, like, uh, you're going to pop in and play a couple quick matches and then, you know, get out of, um, yeah, the, the difficulty at like dork. Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, which is something with the new Star Wars Fallen Jedi. I finally got to the point where I'm like, I don't care if I earn anything. I just want to, I'm going to button mash and kill it. Yep. So I, the reason I asked that is I find myself like, you know, if I, I know it's also based on some books. Yes. Maybe if I'd read the books, maybe yeah. if I played the game, I like it. That's the weird thing is I like it, but the, they're, they need to do something with, I can tell that it's going across time and whatnot. And eventually yes. it starts to open itself and you get that. But if you, there are great people out there, and I think even Ava Duvernay for some of uh, when they, uh, I can't remember the name of that. Uh, when they see us, was that the name of it? The the film that we loved, the series we loved so much. Yes, yes. She even used tonality of color. Color tonality changes when it's flipping with different contexts. There needs to be something <laughs> visually so that eventually go, oh, that's a great little motif. I start to get it. I see where I'm going. Man, there was something recently that did that. And I was like, man, that's how you do. We're flipping around in time. Originally, like yes. if you put sepia tone on something, you originally think, oh, everything there is just this beautiful chestnut color. Eventually, you understand. it. I've gotten to the point where I'm like, I don't know when I am, where I am, what's yeah. going on. I, I like Henry Cavill. I like these people. I think the woman that plays the sorceress who was originally twisted up is incredibly mm-hmm. hot. Mm-hmm. And I'll look at her all mm-hmm. day long. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. And, and like I said, the first couple of times I watched it, 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 it went over my head and I had to kind of go back, but I'm really enjoying it now as I kind of, uh, some episodes are just, just a story in the day of, Mm-hmm. And that was something that it took me a while to understand because usually I'm like, okay, where's this character? What does that tie? And it's like, oh, this is just the story of when this happened. And yeah. so, but they don't do it. They need, they need, you know, previously on the Witcher, you know? Oh, yeah, they do. And by the way, I want to be very fair. If I was condescending or rude to call her incredibly hot, she is a beautiful young woman. I don't want to, I, I was just using the nomenclature of whatever. She, she's a gorgeous young woman. And I'm really pretty surprised how great of an actress she is she yes. pulls off the especially once even when she's twisted and whatnot yep. she has a little bit of a anger beneath her she has a sweetness but an yes. anger and eventually those kind of give way to one another so what i'm trying to say is there's enough compelling about the show that makes me go okay i'll keep watching it yeah i'm just confused as shit i, I don't think you should feel too bad i it, you know it is it is a time where we need to rethink and realign some of the ways that we uh show our love uh, i think she's incredibly gorgeous as well and 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 we we here at the other kind radio um did not mean uh in any way to be doing what has been done so many years before they're all they're basically it's a cast of beautiful people you know it, 
It's like you know, you- even I, I'll tell you who else I find intriguing, and it's because she's a beautiful woman. But man, what a great actress! The the head sorceress yes. or whatever that was. She, man, I want to see her in everything because just this look, the, these looks of command, or like. God, I love people like that. And it's very easy to look at everyone. Right. Let's put it this way. If Todd and I auditioned for that show, we would be. I get it. Jeff wouldn't. Well, obviously, but we would get the parts of like, uh, yeah, you can stand over there and be a rock (laughs) and then we'd be cut. (laughs) Actually, I'm going for it because I I love uh, Mel Brooks history of the world. Part one. I'm going to be the piss boy. Ah, oh, piss boy. This boy, you That's are the, me. You That's are the, the second only role I ever auditioned for. This is this is why we need to get you and Nick from Pub One Three Four introduced because uh, he brought that up this week. He's like, you ever Did seen? He? Yeah, he goes. You, he, goes, he said, have you ever seen History of the World Part One? I said, yep. He goes, have you seen Part Two? And I said, yep. He goes, no, there was no Part Two. And he was so yeah. glad he had entrapped me into my own falsehood. Well, um, then Nick will appreciate it when I say. It's good to be the king. Good to be the king. Um, all right. So let's let's go ahead and get to the final part of the shoe. Uh, today, there is a football game happening that is the football game of all games. And I'm sure the kind listener out there has watched ESPN. I mean, it's all over the place. They have, uh, we'll probably watch a little bit of the Puppy Bowl today. Um, the commentary, and I, and I have worked at Super Bowl, and I can tell you the week leading up to it, by about Thursday, it's you're just like, oh, my God, you know, it's just, you know, for the first day, you know, it's players day. Then it's this day. And then there's these parties. And then there's what would happen if instead of a football, they used a nope rope, which is a snake instead of a football. Or what if everybody's shoes were made of chocolate? There's just all these scenarios. You're tired of all the stats. You're you know, they broke broke down every aspect of the game. So we know you, the kind listener, have already heard that. So we're going to take a little different approach. Um, we're going to reinstate our our uh, uh, super game predictions because I can't remember <laughs> what I said last time. Um, but uh, I just, I, I'm interested to hear kind of like what this day is going to be around the, uh, around the Todd household, what, what your preparations, how big of a role on a scale of 10 does this game or this day have effect on your family life? Um, You know, I, I'll throw out what, I think I've said many times before, part of the reason my wife and I get along so incredibly well is we both love sports and we love football. Um, this is a big day for us because we like the game. Yeah. Now I have always, you know, we, we've got a great group of friends here in, in Allen and everybody kind of hosts a little party here and there, uh, Halloween, Mardi Gras, whatever it may be. Ours has always been because of the theater that Jeff teases me about. We usually host the Super Bowl party because oh, we've got sure. the biggest screen and, now, so usually we have two or three families over. This year, we're only going to have one because everybody else actually, like some people went out of country, something yeah. else is going on. They just can't make it. So it's a little scaled down. Um, I will grill some hamburgers. Nice. Um, I just realized my wife didn't place an order for the pepperoni rolls she likes. So that may be a problem. I may have to hear my wife yelling. <laughs> but, it, you know, it's going to be a lot of let's drink some beer. Let's eat some hamburgers. Let's take it easy. Nice. Um, I, I know our friends have to leave after halftime because my good friend has to hit a 530 a.m. flight. And he's like, I'm a baby and I have to get some sleep. Yeah. I totally understand. But it will once I get done with you, I have to immediately start cleaning the house because the girls are out this morning. It is ah. literally the focus of this day is getting ready for tonight. Well, let's let's get you on that road because we have been in the ear of the kind listener for close to 50 minutes. However, I do have a, a couple. Uh, see, if they didn't start it at 530 in the mm-hmm. evening, I mean, help me remember that this game used to be played earlier. You know, I was trying to look for some history and and that's so weird with this bold it is unnamed um (laughs) trying to see you know that i can look and find the the winners and the scores who is the champion but it doesn't have start times i cannot just and i'm sure there's a broadcast schedule somewhere someone's kept super bowl five was at 150 eastern Historically, I know there was, here are the story. There was t- just a petition by a kid to got fifty five thousand signatures to move it to Saturday because he believes that you're hurting people. They yes. he has to get up and go to school. I agree. It's move it to Saturday so we can all party and have the day to recuperate. So here, here we go. I've actually got it. Super Bowl five was played at one fifty Eastern. Then we go two fifty, three fifty, three fifty two, three fifty. Then six Super Bowl seven was played at six, and then we go four. Uh, Super Bowl 16 at four, but really since 1992, 
it's been 6.30, 6.30, 6.30, And I understand back in the broadcast days, uh, when I say broadcast days, I mean before, you know, cable and, and, and streaming and everything, that was an important market. Sunday night, you were the only, I mean, you're the only show in town. But here's the thing. There's nothing else happening right now. You have no competition on Sunday. So, yes, either move it to Saturday. I don't know if they could ever get rid of Super... Oh, almost said, I said it again. Uh, Super Game Sunday, but started it, yeah, started at 3.30. Right. And people can get together at the, a couple hours before at the house, and you can cook and everything, 5.30. Oh, but anyway... Um, so what's your tradition? What do you do? So we're going to, we're, uh, I put it up to the 12 year old and we're going to do a, a super game nacho kind of buffet where you can get your chips and some cheese and some beef and some jalapenos and black olives and whatever you want. And so we're going to have nachos, wings, uh, shrimp. Um, I think we're going to have some chocolate chip cookies for dessert. Uh, and then the better half's going to make a couple other things uh, to go along with that. I'll, I'll pick up some beer. Uh, I want to try and make an appearance at uh, pub one, three, four. Cause you know, I'm such a rock star, not, uh, but I want to swing by and say hi to Nick and, and those cats down there and then make it back in time for the game. But here's the thing, you know, I don't know if I'm going to be able to stay up till 10 o'clock to do it. And now my voice is going, I'm kidding. Uh, 10 o'clock is, is late and you're right. And and it was even discussed in our last podcast, uh, last week, the Super Bowl was like one of the top three days, sick days, the super game. Oh, ooh, NFL is going to come after me and boy, are they going to surprise at how little they're going to get. <laughs> By the way, I'm only the head of promotions for this. Right. Jeff is like the, the culprit. Yes, Arrest him. Exactly. Um, yeah, I'm part of the legal team. I'm head law- <laughs> lawyer uh, and as well as the financials. So, yeah, just just come after me and and I'll give you whatever you I'll get. Everybody from the NFL can come into the studio and get one thing. So here's what I'm curious about with you. You know, the majority of I, football is and arguably the number one sport in America still, despite yes. all its issues with concussions and all the crap that goes along with it. Currently, right now, it holds that interest. But as much discussion is given to the game as also to the commercials. Oh, that's right. Yes. Let's, let's end on that. Commercial person, because this is what I find. Yeah. And, and hosting a party, I think I get into this that I try to make sure everybody has what they want. And I end up, half the time, I'm like, the next day I hear this commercial is great. And I'm like, I didn't see that. Yeah. And I have to go to YouTube because I miss it because I'm getting people's stuff. So do you make sure that your butt is planted more to watch the commercials or the game? Excellent question. We'll, we'll round things out on this. So back in the day when we didn't have, when, well, I guess we sometimes would record the super game on VHS, but back in the day where it was just shown and that was it. Yes. You know, it was, we're coming unless, unless, unless the Cowboys were playing. Um, it was, you know, a couple of minutes uh, a couple minutes before the the half, I you know go, go re up on drink and and food, and then uh, not the half. I'm sorry for the first time out. Make sure you were fully stocked because that's when they showed like the most expensive ads. Right. Um, to, but to answer your question, not so much now because you can just wake up the next morning and run through and see them. In fact, earlier this week they showed the Mountain Dew commercial featuring Brian Cranston in a Shining remake of him beating down the door with the ax, just like the great Jack Nicholson did. And he's basically, you know, and he's like, here's Mountain Dew Zero. And it's Mountain Dew Zero with a great taste and everything. And it ends with the iconic shot of the elevator. And instead of blood, it's green Mountain Dew that's flowing through the doors and everything. So it's changing. Yeah. It's changing because of the now we can just watch it on demand. I mean, they would have never shown that commercial prior to the game back in the day. Yeah, I think that you have a complete different discussion with how this is consumed, you know, without getting into the company I work for. I think I've mentioned before, but I'm not going to tell that. We're we're one of the major uh, companies doing the streaming of the Super Game. Oh, okay. And uh, I I am a part of the team that does it. I don't have to worry about that. Everybody I work with today is right now there making sure server load, yada, yada, yada. Here's what will happen. Tomorrow, number one, I'll walk in and nobody will be there because they're going to be there all day. Yep. But number two is, okay, now we have to get the commercials out there. Right. 
this does not, for those of us in the media business, and especially those that disseminate the media for you to consume, this, just as Jeff said, the prep to the game itself is one thing. The post of it, because it's the post clip, the interviews, the celebrations, the commercials, this doesn't stop. In fact, you know, I've been watching and listening to testing. Literally, when you're doing this from from a streaming perspective, what you do is you take it and I can hear people go, okay, we're going to go to commercial insertion now. And they're literally doing a rehearsal of the game every day to see how it will go, what the servers can accommodate, yada, yada. So I find it very interesting how it's almost like the NFL's figured out how to monetize their draft their uh their day when uh people come to watch the players before the draft yep. they've also figured out how to make the super bowl oh super game last for two weeks so it's a very interesting thing but the, i've gotten to the point now where i don't even care about the commercials on the day of if somebody screams this says you need to see this we'll rewind it but i do exactly that tomorrow i will consume all the commercials that's just how i'm going to do it you also at mentioned me uh earlier on an article that you posted up and we'll we, uh, follow up with you on that as well um some about the oscars and and the math behind uh yeah we'll get into that yeah. when we do our show but there was yep. a, a great article i think that was variety or the hollywood report i don't remember which but or one of those things i read every day that had it where they literally looked at it and it wasn't what i talked about which is the science of it which is hey this person's been nominated and they've never received it yada yada but it looks at the mathematical elements of almost how you can almost mathematically predict what's going to win that's what i want to do as we jump to that thought for our oscar show this year yes. more so than us competing yes. i almost thought let's try to help hey if you're going to an oscar party we're going to give you how to win your oscar pool yeah either at work or with your party i think that'd be fun for the listeners we may, yeah competing but i still i still want to compete because i st- no no I, I i i've i'm stepping away this is my moment you're the patriots of uh, and the, i'm the, the wrestling <laughs> championship where i've won too many times that i'm i'm retiring, you're so retiring. You never win. with your 3-0 record you're just gonna walk away yeah i got it take <laughs> take everything away from me i get that um that's a great point so uh make sure you uh, follow us on twitter it's at talk radio t-o-k radio and of course, at uh, Todd Hartzell, T-O-D-D-H-A-R-T-S-E-L-L. And we'll be posting commercials and, and you can follow us around while we're doing the Super Bowl. So before we depart and leave the kind listener, Todd, do you have any parting shots? Oh, I know no, what I, I, I know. Shot. I knew what I was going to ask you. I'm sorry. Real quick. Halftime. Uh, J-Lo and what's her face? This year. Who is it? You see how I'm laying out on you? Uh-huh. That's because I don't care. Sh- oh, it's a Shakira. Yeah. Well, two yeah. ladies that are big powerhouse sellers. I know why they're doing this, that, you know, the, the Hispanic culture is huge. And these ladies have done a ton for it. Their music doesn't speak to me. So I don't really care. Gotcha. Um, That's fine. I'll watch it. Yeah. Um, all right, so let's do our our final predictions. Oh, yeah. what, did, oh. what did you think of them? What do you think about the two of them? Uh, I'm I'm the same way. I I just you know it be it's become such a marketing thing. I, I was trying to think like Prince's halftime was good, but he got <laughs> he got a little creative. Um, you know, it just becomes it's something that's already so super hyped. I don't understand why you need to super hype hype the halftime. To me, I think it could be better spent with some, uh, I don't know, something benefiting, you know, schools or kids or, or something else, you know, but it's, it's, it's a big, huge boat and there's a lot of people on it. Yeah. Uh, Prediction for the game. Maybe. Yep. You go. I want to hear you first. I've talked a lot. Uh, Let's see. I'm going to go with uh, San Francisco 32, Kansas city 14. So I want Kansas City to win. I have a feeling that San Francisco is just going to overwhelm them. Um, I think it's going to be pretty close. So, and I, I, I really do have a feeling because I think Mahomes is this kind of kind of guy and a Texas boy and an incredible quarterback, which I found out recently he played a high school playoff game in our stadium here once. And I, I was like, why can't you have the, the, the knowledge of what's going to be a superstar so you can go see them as a kid. <laughs> right. Tyler Murray of the Cardinals played his high school ball here and we watched every game and he was just phenomenal to watch. I would have loved to see Mahomes, but here's my thought. It's going to be a game like 35 to 32. Okay. 
think it's going to come down to the wire. It's going to be, you know, either missed opportunities. 32 is a very odd score for somebody to get in football, but it's going to be maybe, you know what, I'm going to go for this so that it's easy to disseminate 38, 35. It's going okay. to be Phil Gove decides it. It's going to be back and forth. And I just think San Francisco has too much for them to overcome. All right. I like that. I think I got 32 in your brain because that was my. my Maybe that's what it was. (laughs) All right. I think that's going to go into do it. I got to, I got to spread, I got to, what they call, uh, stretch a little time here as the uh, beginning of the uh, intro begins. So I want to thank Todd uh, for taking the time. He's been super busy to do the show. We're so happy that we're approaching our 100th episode. Uh, Very happy about that. Very happy about the fact that uh, uh, we're also approaching our 10,000th listen, which we should get by next week i think we should be in that area so thank you to all the kind listeners thank you to todd and uh, we want everybody to have a super game sunday have some food Colin sick on monday and just remember while you're hinting around pop culture this next week just do me a favor you and me and todd do, do me a favor remember we are the other kind radio the other kind of radio talk radio. The other kind of radio talk radio.